Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. And a very good Monday morning to Marlins Nation. Thanks for rewinding with us, Stephen Strom here. Marlins bring out the brooms and sweep the Oakland A's out of the 305. They win 7-5. As always, for the recap, here is your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, for the Miami Marlins on this Sunday here at Lone Depot Park, in a flurry of a fashion, they complete their 16th come-from-behind win this season. And their victory today marches the largest deficit that they have overcome in a win this season. They also trailed by four on April 27th in Atlanta against the Atlanta Braves. The Miami Marlins sweep their fourth series of the season. They have now won eight of their last ten games here at Lone Depot Park. What a day for the Marlins. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Thank you for hanging out with us here on the 10th Inning Show. All the highlights from this ballgame coming up in just a matter of moments for you. But uh, I'll tell you what, there were some really big days for the uh, Marlins at the plate. That included, let's see, five of the first, uh, well, the first five hitters in the Marlins lineup this afternoon, four of them had multi-hit performances. Luis Arise had a couple of hits. Brian De La Cruz had two hits. Garrett Cooper had two hits and three RBIs. Yuli Gurriel fell a home run shy of the cycle, but Gurriel was three for four at the plate this afternoon. So the top of the order and right through the middle of it, right through the heart of it, doing all the damage for the Marlins here today. This was a Sandy Alcantara start for the Marlins. Through his first 11 starts, the Marlins had only won three of them. Paul Blackburn made his second start of the season for the Oakland Athletics. Now the Marlins did jump out to an early 1-0 lead. They did so in the bottom of the second inning after a leadoff double by Garrett Cooper when Yuli Gurriel came to the plate. Not trying to do too much. It Here's a swing and a line drive hit deep down the left field line. Fair ball rolling into the corner for Yuli Gurriel. Back-to-back doubles for the Marlins here in the second inning. They've got a 1-0 lead over Paul Blackburn and the Athletics. Now that 1-0 lead would go south in a hurry. Jace Peterson led off the third inning with a single. Shea Langoliers followed with a single. Runners were at first and second base with nobody out in the third inning for Nick Allen, the shortstop. And the pitch is a bunt. It's a high chopper. Sandy's got it. Nobody's at first. Everybody's safe. It's an infield bunt single for Nick Allen. Peterson scores. It's one-to-one. So in a 1-1 game, runners at first and second, still with nobody out in the third. Up came the leadoff man, Asteri Ruiz, for the A's. 
Corners are in, and the pitch to Ruiz is a ground ball hit through the left side, and that's a base hit. Langoliers hits the bag at third. He's going to try to score. Here comes a throw from De La Cruz. A catch and a taggy save. The ball was maybe just a touch late getting to Jacob Stallings, and Langoliers slid around the tag. The question is, do the Marlins want to take a look? They do not. And, boy, it was just tardy. Stallings never got the tag on Langoliers. So the RBI single by Ruiz gave the A's a 2-1 to lead. After Sandy Alcantara got a big strike out of the slugging, left-handed hitting first baseman Ryan Noda, it was Ramon Laureano's turn to join in on the third inning fun for Oakland. One ball and two strikes the count to Ramon Laureano. A's leading 2-1, top of the third inning. First and second still with one out. Alcantara looks back. Now the two-strike pitch, and it's swung on hit. Pretty deep left center field. De La Cruz is on the run. He's still going back, Rod. He leaps up, and he can't get it. It's off the wall. Allen's going to score. Right behind him is Ruiz. A throw to the plate, not in time. The A's have scored four times off Sandy Alcantara. Here in the top of the third inning, they've got a four-to-one lead. And with Loriano stationed at second base and J.J. Bladey at the plate. We had a mess on the mound. Loriano would score on a bad E1. The Oakland Athletics have a 4-1 to one lead over Sandy Alcantara. There goes the runner, Loriano. Throw to third. Sandy threw it down the left field line. He stepped off the rubber. Loriano's going to score in the A's lead 5-1. to one. It was a really rough top of the third inning for Sandy Alcantara. Now the good news is that, boy, would he ever settle in after that. Alcantara got Blade to fly out to right, Rooker to fly out to center field. It was a five-run, five-hit. Top of the third inning for Sandy Alcantara. Now, I will say, well, even though he committed the error, he is still responsible for the run that scored. I'm not sure exactly why, even though he did commit it. I'll have to check on that. Anyway, it was 5-1. The Oakland A's had the lead after three innings of play. Sandy came back out. He worked a perfect fourth. And in the bottom of the fourth inning, with Paul Blackburn still on the mound, Yuli Gurriel led off the fourth inning with a triple. Gene Segura walked. Marlins had runners at first and third, but Joey Wendell lined out to the shortstop. And that brought Jacob Stallings to the plate. Blackburn set the pitch. Is swung on, hit in the air. Deep right field. This should play to run. Back is Loriano. He makes the catch. He will not come firing in towards the plate. Guriel will jog in and score. That is a productive at bat for Jacob Stallings, who makes it a 5-2 game with a sack fly here in the fourth. So the Marlins were starting to chip away, and did they ever chip away an inning later in the bottom of the fifth inning? With Blackburn still on the mound, leading off the fifth was Luis Arise. To date in the ballgame, he was 0 for 2 but he slapped a single to the opposite field leading off the fifth. Brian De La Cruz followed with a single of his own, and after a strikeout looking by Jesus Sanchez, Garrett Cooper came storming to the plate looking to tie it for the fish. Arise at second, De La Cruz at first, and the pitch swung on hit high and deep, stay fair down the left field line. It's a home run! It's a home run! Garrett Cooper ties the ball game in the bottom of the fifth inning! Garrett Cooper, his sixth home run of the season. This ball game is all level at five. Unbelievable. Garrett Cooper, he's dealt with the inner ear infection this season. And he comes to the plate, already one for two there in the fifth inning. And he's two for three. 
It's his sixth of the season. RBIs 21, 22, and 23. Marlins, if they can get Garrett Cooper going and keep him in the lineup healthy and productive, that's going to be an even bigger boost for this offense here in 2023. So 5-5 five to five after that. Sandy Alcantara kept cruising. After the third inning troubles, he retired the A's in order in the fourth, in the fifth, in the sixth, after he got a double play after a leadoff single by Loriano, Alcantara came back out for the seventh. It was a perfect seventh inning. So really, the season has started with Sandy being extremely good early and faltering late. Well, he struggled early, but boy, did he ever look like himself late in this ballgame. After the horrific three, uh, the third inning, I mean, Sandy put this thing into a different gear, and he soaked up seven innings uh, of relief, or uh, I'm sorry, not of relief, but uh, starting for the Marlins today. Sandy Alcantara's ERA, he started the ball game. It was 493, and Sandy allows five runs, say. It actually goes up to 507. To me, uh, not trying to sugarcoat it by any means or, uh, you know, lead you astray here, Sandy actually pitched really well today. Again, you can't allow five runs in the third inning to many teams other than the A's. I uh, feel like you're going to have a really good chance to come back and win. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast. That's the reality of the situation. And Sandy did not have a good third, but I think you've got to look past that third and look at what he did in his final four innings of work. Tanner Scott came on and pitched a 1 2 3 4 eighth inning, had to work around a two out walk to the Oakland Athletics. So we went to the bottom of the eighth inning here at Lone Depot Park this afternoon. Austin Pruitt was in the ball game for the Oakland A's. He allowed a leadoff double to Joey Wendell and then a single to Jacob Stallings, who took second on the throw. Wendell thought about scoring on the single to right field. He was halfway down the third baseline when he put the brakes on. If the throw was good to the plate and Langoliers could catch it, it was not. He airmailed it. The right fielder, Loriano, did to the plate. Wendell would have absolutely been hung up in a rundown between third and home. But as soon as the ball went over the head of Langoliers into the backstop, Wendell just retreated to third base. The Marlins had runners at second and third with nobody out in the bottom of the eighth inning. The pinch hitter Jorge Soler struck out, but the Oakland A's were not so lucky. Sam Mole came in out of the bullpen. Lefty was in to face Luis Arise. Luis Arise is batting. This is dangerous if they're going to come at him. Infield is in. The pitch is hit on the ground at second base. It's booted by Diaz. Scoring is Wendell. Arise is safe at first. The Marlins take a 6-5 lead here in the eighth. That would be all the Marlins would need this afternoon. That's all Dylan Flora would need in the eighth. But with Brian De La Cruz batting with two strikes, we had a swing and a miss. But uh, a little unfortunate event for the Athletics with De La Cruz batting. That gave the Marlins their seventh run of the game. And the next pitch, De La Cruz swings and misses. It pops out of the middle of Langoliers. Racing down the line, Fortes will score. Marlins lead 7-5. That's a pass ball by Shea Langoliers, and it's a big one here in the bottom of the eighth inning. So it was 7-5 Marlins. We went to the top of the ninth. Dylan Floro putting in a bid for his sixth save of the season. He got Tony Kemp to fly out to right field to Jesus Sanchez. He then struck out the pinch hitter Seth Brown with nobody on and two out, trailing by two in the top of the ninth inning. The last hope here today for the A's was Aledmus Diaz. One and two, the count to Aledmus Diaz. Here's the pitch from Floro out of the windup. Over the outside corner, take a seat, strike three called. Dylan Floro has his sixth save of the season. 
The Marlins have swept their fourth series here in 2023. They've won eight of their last 10 at home, and they've put the finishing touches on their 16th come-from-behind victory this season. Here today, as the Miami Marlins up and the Oakland Athletics, they were down by four. They storm all the way back. They sweep the A's and beat them 7-5 to five this afternoon. What a ball game for the Marlins. Taking a look at the totals now from this ball game here today as the Marlins improved to 32 and 28 while the Oakland A's fall to 12 and 49. For the A's today, who did have a four-run lead at one point, but they let it slip away. Five runs, six hits, no errors, and one man left on base. For the Miami Marlins, seven runs, 12 hits, one error. They leave eight men on base. Tanner Scott is your winner now, four and one this season. Austin Pruitt, the loser, he is one and three for Oakland. Dylan Flora with his sixth save of the season. Played this ball game in two hours and 36 minutes in front of 12,507 at Lone Depot Park. The Miami Marlins collect their fourth series sweep of the season. In the process of doing so, they collect their 16th come-from-behind win. The Marlins have now won eight of their last 10 games here at Lone Depot Park. That sets up a date for three nights upcoming and starting tomorrow night with the Kansas City Royals at 640. The Miami Marlins pitching staff struck out nine Oakland A's today, and that means that $225 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you very much. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 7-5 win over the A's. Skip, of course, there was that wacky third inning, but the offense picked it up, and then the pitchers did a great job closing it out the rest of the way. How would you summarize this one? It's hard to win in the major leagues, like really hard. I, I don't take any win for granted or any team for granted. And Sandy had one bad inning. It was tough um, controlling the running game and, you know, the PFP or fielding error, um, you know, kind of cost him some three three hits, I think it was, three or four hits. Uh, other than that, pitch really good. I mean, 85, 90% first strike um, rate percentage and thought his stuff was really good. Um, after that one inning, I mean, it was six innings of really clean baseball. The first two innings, I thought he was going to go complete game, you know, 90 pitches the way he was throwing. Um, but just that one inning, that kind of, you know, fell apart. What do you think happened in that inning? Did you see something specifically? Was it mechanical or just kind of bad luck, a combination? We've been looking at everything, whether it was tipping to location to characteristics, you name it, we've been looking at it. Uh, can't really pinpoint anything which is probably pretty frustrating for him and and for us on you know why one you know there's one inning that kind of gets away the last few starts but credit to him he fought back um, after that one bad inning and put up a few more zeros right after that a lot of weak contact right after that and you know went seven innings still um, so you know he, he fought through a lot today and and you know kept us in the game you mentioned how difficult it is to win at the major league level. You guys are now four games above 500. It just, as you're, the team as a whole, I know we're only a few months in, just how would you define this group that you have? I think they're, they fight, they don't quit. I, I mean, it's still so early. We're 60 games in, so there's a lot of baseball left to play, but I think they, uh, credit to them, they don't take, again, any anybody for granted. They're coming in to win, and um, it's, you know, every day is, the most meaningful day is in the big leagues to them and um, a chance to get better and to try to win. So um, it's just a, a really good um, weekend. 
uh, Cooper's home run to tie it and basically give you guys basically a clean slate for the second half of the game. Just how big is this one, especially his first game back since the start of the homestand? Nice to have him back. Nice to have another bat in the lineup that can change the score with one swing. We missed him. There's no doubt about it. Um, so big double, big home run, obviously huge home run for us to, to tie it up. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, a really good day to have him back. Were you surprised they didn't intentionally walk Arise? I know they had the lefty ready to face him, but that they didn't walk him to set up a double play. We thought that there's a chance that they're going to walk him, but surprised. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they they have their numbers. We have our numbers, and you know that's it. they got the ground ball. So I mean that that worked out for them. It's just you know the play did wasn't made, and so uh, you know maybe, but I think that you know it actually ended up working out for them, and um, just you know ended up working. It. But at the end, it worked out for us. Going, going, into, the, going into the ninth inning, um, you had Tanner out there, and it looked like you were waiting for them to to send the pinch hitter out and you bring in Floro. Was that the original plan? And were you a little annoyed when they ended up sending out another pinch hitter? No, I've been pinch hit before just like that uh, from Tony. So I've been uh, used as a pawn before. I knew there was a chance that that was going to happen. So, yeah, we had an idea that they were going to pinch hit uh, two guys right there. Skipping it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. In the eighth, just great base running from both Wendell and Fortes. I mean, that's always important, but especially in a game like that, just what's the impact of those little plays, just making sure that you do the little things right? Really hard read for Wendell. Well, first of all, really good hustle out of the box double. And then the the overthrow, if the pitcher is right there and the catcher doesn't go to get the ball, um, that's just a really good, re easy redirect. You're at home by 10 feet. So it was actually a good read. I know it didn't look like it probably from uh, the fan point of view, but um, if the pitcher's right there, then it's just an easy toss and you're out, and that'd be a horrible out. So it was a really good job by, by Wendell, good read by Fortes. Um, Barajas actually is like, hey, we should pinch run right there. So I, I'm not going to take credit for that and end up getting an extra run, um, which is huge in the ninth inning. What would you say just this year, obviously it's your first year here, you know, with them having the third inning that they did, but still coming back and putting up the amount of offense they did not only today but yesterday, what is it about this team that you see that just makes you think that no game is really losable or you're out of anything? It feels like a lot of guys are, it's a different guy this month that's coming through to help us win up and down the lineup, which has been huge. Wendell's starting to hit again has now lengthened the lineup. We needed that. Stallings with a huge hit. Terrible bun attempt. <laughs> Come on, Stalls. Uh, but, uh, but a really good uh, fight uh, to get back into it and try to go the other way to get him over at least. Ended up getting a double, which was great. Um, so, you know, when the bottom of the order hits, you know, we're pretty good and it lengthens the lineup. And good teams have the bottom of the order hitting. And um, again, Wendell with a huge double to help us win that game. Curry Holiday, three for four, but his defense I thought was tremendous. What stands out to you about his defense at first base? I can't say enough about Guriel, and that clubhouse can't say enough. Our staff can't say enough. He has saved some some games at first just by picking the ball. The offense has come alive, especially from that road trip to now. This whole month has been really good. And it just feels like, um, you know, the last few days, it's just been, um, or last what, month, um, a lot of extra base hits impacting the ball the other way. Um, but you're right, both sides of the ball, he's been, you know, really good for us. And again, um, one of the, 
the big leaders on the team that's it helped us get to where we are right now. We were like walking over here, I guess we saw Solaire coming out of the exam room. Is he okay? What sort of was it on that? I hope so. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Uh, just going back, I know you said it's only 60 games in, but I think it's the fourth best start in franchise history. You come from obviously a winning organization, just maybe some perspective for you, but just is there something special maybe about this team? Or like obviously it's early, but. Still early. I mean, I you know, we're 60 games in, 100 games left ish. So I'm. Uh, happy where we're at. Um, I still think we have a lot of uh, ways to get better still on all facets of the game. So um, I'm not comfortable. I'm never comfortable, especially in, in June. All right, that was Skip Schumacher. Let's listen to what Sandy Alcantara had to say following his outing. It was a nice outing other than the third inning. Gave up five runs, but other than that, uh, Sandy pitched pretty well. Let's hear what Sandy had to say. Sandy, before we get to that third inning, just how nice is it to just be able to bounce back and finish the game strong? Uh, first of all, I want to say thanks, God, for keeping me healthy during the game. So, I mean, it was nice, you know, but, I mean, I don't feel, like, happy about it, you know, so... Just want to be outside and compete for my team, you know, get out in trouble in the third inning. So and I got it. So that's part of the game. So I got to um, keep my mind positive. What happened in the third inning? It seemed like a combination of things from your perspective. How did that go? Everything was great. Everything was great in the first inning. You know, I think uh, they just see the ball very well, you know, and they, and they hit it. Sandy, Skip mentioned that you guys have been kind of looking at everything and you can't pinpoint one thing for why the big inning gets out of out of the way. Just, I guess, the level of frustration of that and, and how you need to continue to be mentally strong to kind of work through it. I mean, so I've been through that before, you know, I mean, so in that inning, I just get over there, you know, sitting for a couple minutes, you know, think about it, you know, then go back back there and try to be consistent throwing his fight. So, um, yeah, you can see, I just went through the seven inning, you know, and, and trying to give the lead to my team to win the game. I know you're personally, sorry, George, I know you're personally uh, frustrated with your performance, but just how nice is it to see the offense and the team pick you up and ultimately get the win in the street? So everybody's happy, you know, especially because we win. That's what we want. So, I mean, I'm not happy about it. So, but I mean, as part of the team, you know, I just want to celebrate together with my team, you know, and. You know, I mean, I just want to be able to go outside every few day, you know, try to do my best. But, you know, so we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect, you know, and we're happy today because we win. You know, we sweep. Did you make any adjustments after the third inning or did Mel talk with you or what happened in between, even between the third and the fourth? They don't have to say anything about me because I don't want to do anything different. You know, I mean, I was trying to try. I was stacking the sun, you know, and everything happened just one inning. Been around for however many years now. Does this team feel a little bit different? the ones of years past? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I think uh, um, everyone is doing great now, you know, because every, everyone is talking very, a lot of positive things about us, you know, and we just want to be able to compete, you know, go outside every day, you know, and try to win the most game that we can. I'm just curious, you know, in that third inning, the pickoff throw, there were some boos from the stands. Did you hear that? Did you use that as motivation? You know? Yeah, I hear. So, I mean... What you want me to say about it? You know, man, they can say anything they want to say. So, I mean, I'm here, I play for them, you know, and I want to give my 100% every time. We've seen how well the team plays, even despite some guys not, you know, playing at their best. But in your eyes, as a, you know, as a leader on this team, somebody who's been here, 
longer than just about anybody else. What do you think this team's potential ceiling is now, you know, four games over, and then when everybody starts clicking, where do you guys think you could go? Uh, everybody's doing good, you know, everybody's doing good, you know what I mean? So when we felt, I mean, we support each other. So I think we got to keep doing what we're doing, you know, keep winning game, keep going to roll, you know, try to win series, you know, and came back on and tried to give our best to, to sweep every team in here. Thanks, Andy. All right, we are right back at it, a 6.40 first pitch as we begin a three-game set with the Kansas City Royals. I've got Marlins on deck at 6.10. As always, let's flip the M together, Miami. Thanks for rewinding with us. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.